0: Dash two thousand and twenty four. We hope to see you January nineteenth and or January twentieth, and can't wait to connect with you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, You don't have time to do anything. I completely understand. I don't either. I had to come to Key West to write the next course that I'm building because there are so many distractions in the life of a parent of a child with a disability. You might be driving to tutoring. You might be scheduling the doctor's appointments. You might be running from grocery store to grocery store to get the yogurt that your child has to have every morning. I completely understand. I'm right there with you. That's why I've made my special education advocacy lab concise, but thorough. If you buy the entry level, just video portion of the lab, you get about six and a half hours of content. Now think about that. That's less than a work day. You could work out, watch the lab, have a really nice lunch, and do it all for the cost of one day's babysitter. You also could do it over the course of one week in the evenings or in the morning. Or you could take the time to watch one module per week, less than an hour a week for 10 weeks. The course comes in 10 modules and each module is between 35 and 55 minutes. Easy to access, easy to download, easy to watch anywhere. I want you to join the Special Education Advocacy Lab, and that's why I make it so easy for you to get the content. Welcome back to the Special Education Advocacy Podcast with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I'm so happy you're here. Today, I want to talk to you about the easiest advocacy strategy that you can employ. There is one thing that you can do that is super easy and maybe the most effective strategy I have in my toolkit and I want to share it with you. I want you to know how this super easy strategy can work to your benefit time and time again. Are you ready for it? Here's the strategy. Go to school. It's that easy. Go to your child's school get involved in your child's education. Now, don't turn me off. (laughs) Because when I say this to parents, they always say, how? I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to tell you why. And I'm going to give you lots of ideas about how to do this without being the PTO president. Because I like to say I have PTO, PTSD, I totally get it. We don't all want to be super involved with those organized organizations. You can still get to school, learn a lot about your child, and also teach the school a lot about you, your family, your interests, your skill sets without being the PTO president. So let's dive in and talk about going to school. I give a presentation to organizations and to groups when they ask me to come. And my number one presentation is something called 10 Traits of Effective Parents in Special Education. It's kind of like a 101 entry level, here's how you could get started. Here's 10 ideas about how you could get started in advocating for your child a little bit better, a little bit more effectively in special education. And number one on that top 10 list is go to school. Get involved in your child's education. And I think it is very, very, very difficult to get involved enough without going to school school. So the concept behind this is that we trust the school. We trust what school is doing. We trust the strategies. We trust that they're giving you all of the minutes, but not too many of the minutes. We trust the school, but we don't trust blindly. And if you've been around here long enough, you've heard me talk about teamwork. Teamwork, 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 teamwork. We talk about teamwork. We talk about communication. You as the parent are on the IEP team. And it is very difficult to be on a team without being in the setting where the teamwork is done. Sure, the teamwork is also done at home and that's your main job as the parent. That's why Congress wanted parents to be so involved in special education. I'll give you that. But I also have to say that so much of education is done at school and it's really, really, really important that you get to school so that you can kind of get your hands in that arena as well. So we trust the school, but we don't trust the school blindly. And really this this kind of recommendation is born out of a realization that parents need to have. And the realization is that parents have to inform themselves. We have no choice as parents but to be informed about special education. So we have to know the rules and the laws and the regulations and kind of best practice. We also have to know how it's getting implemented um, with our child at our child's school on this particular day with this particular teacher. And so it's really important that we're there so that we stay informed and we stay apprised of what exactly is happening. This is all part of being active in our children's education and if we aren't active in our children's education how can we really be active and effective on that iep team so the kind of the the underlying current here that i hear a lot is well i don't want to get in their business i don't want to you know think have them think that i am meddling or that i am um stepping on anybody's toes And so before we really dive into how I recommend that you get involved in school, I'll tell you that it's really important that parents see themselves as equals to every other person on that IEP team. We all have strengths and and areas of interest on an IEP team and on any team, that we serve on, you know, if a company um, has an executive meeting, the CFO is in charge of finance and the CEO is kind of the the leader and the HR manager is in charge of the, the HR stuff. But, all of those people need to work together and there has to be a yin yin and a yang a push and a pull there has to be some conflict in order for there to be accountability and i talk about that when i talk about um, that book that i love the five dysfunctions of a team and we've we've talked about that in several different settings here at ashley barlow company And so similarly, it's really important to the team, to the betterment of the team, that all team members have this equal footing. And so if it helps you to think I am an equal to the administrators, to the school staff, to the related service professionals like the OT and the PT, then think that, think I am an equal. We all come with our own skill sets, but I've got every bit as much of a right to be here and to be involved and and to know what's going on as they do. And in fact, this just makes me a more effective team member, which then ultimately serves my child the best. And as we remember, we are here for the kids. And so if we're serving the kids, then we're doing the right thing. So why is it so important to get to school? I think you can learn so much by simply observing what's happening in school. There is so much to learn by just being there and kind of taking it all in. So you could, we're gonna talk about how you do this in a second, but you could just ask, can I come observe? Most of the time, um, schools will kind of balk at that because they do feel like you're trying to meddle. And so I think there's uh, there are ways to get involved at school that are a little less obtrusive, a little less um, uh, intimidating to them. But ultimately, do I think you should be allowed to go observe at school? My answer is yes, I could go on and on about that, but. Um, You know, if you want to do it in a way that might even actually help school and, and teach school a little bit more about you, then I've got some other ideas, so stay tuned for those. But when you're there, regardless of whether or not you are sitting in a chair and your only purpose is to observe, or if you are there for some other purpose, you can learn so much about the other children. You can learn, for example, who is particularly kind to your child or to a child with a profile that's similar to your child. Who's a natural helper? Who seems annoyed by your child? Um, You know, you kind of learn a lot about your child's friendships. You learn um, whom to invite to the birthday parties and whom to avoid. Who would be a great um, person to have over for that first play date? And who do we not want to have over for that first play date? About whom can I talk with my child um, to learn more about my child's day. You know, oh, did you play with Johnny today? Well, that's really exciting because you now know a couple of names and you know kids that might gravitate towards your child. You learn a lot about the teacher and the teacher's strategies and, and, and kind of um, practices. So is the teacher organized or disorganized? Um, is the teacher kind of tough Or is the teacher too lovey-dovey or very lovey-dovey? And that's the perfect um, uh, profile, perfect personality for your child. So you learn, you know, kind of what kind of teacher personality we're working on from a discipline standpoint, from an organization standpoint, from an anxiety standpoint, you know, there's so many different things that you can pick up on the teacher. You can also learn about the teacher's strategies, the teacher's um, pedagogical kind of insight. So how is the child modifying? How is the, or pardon me, how is the teacher modifying? How is the teacher interacting with the support staff? If your child has an aide, what's that dynamic look like? Um, and you know how is the teacher working specifically with your child if you're lucky you can catch a little bit of specially designed instruction happening um, and you can see even how they record data i had a parent that came to me um several 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 times with i know there's a problem i know there's a problem and I said, well, get to school. You need to get there and you need to observe. Um, and this parent called me a couple of weeks later and said, the data goes on post-it notes and there are piles and piles and piles of post-it notes. I don't think they ever hit a spreadsheet. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's something we can do something with. And she wasn't there to spy. She was really there to um, to help and to get involved and to, and to understand what was going on. I mean, that was definitely one of the motives. And in doing that, she realized that um, the data wasn't getting recorded in a way that was driving instruction and that really helped her to then advocate for, um, for change. And, and there, some really good change did happen. We can learn about the teacher's assistants and how the teacher's assistants are modifying work or supporting children or, you know, uh, otherwise it it might be the negative of that. I remember one time I was working in the library. Our school used to offer an opportunity to work in the library once a month. And um, Jack was just kind of, he was little, but he was just kind of like rubbing a little girl's hair and the little girl did not seem annoyed at all. And the teacher's assistant um, like kind of prompted him to stand up and he took a walk out one door, around the other door and came back in and sat down. And I thought that that was um, a, a big Consequence or a big strategy to use um, because he was actually really paying attention to the story. And so what I suggested was, could we give him some other kind of fidget so that he's not bothering somebody else and he's not intruding on somebody else's personal space, but so that he can continue to listen to the story because listening to the story was what he was supposed to be doing. He just needed something sensory um, soothing in order to do that. Um, you kind of learn the vibe of a classroom too. I have been in a lot of kindergarten and first grade classrooms um, where I have suggested to parents we cannot be in this classroom because it is too chaotic. You know, it's noisy during centers. It's noisy, um, it transitions, and that is not going to serve this particular child well. Um, I've been in classrooms that have been noisy and chaotic, and I've said, this is great because we've got a noisy, chaotic child that will that kind of thrives in this ability to to move when he needs to and and that kind of thing so you learn about the vibe and sometimes you get the vibe literally by walking through the room but by walking through the hall walking past the room you know i always kind of check out the next grade level in the spring as i'm walking through the school and think hmm which teacher um do i think would would work out great i've never requested a teacher but i would if i um saw a vibe in a classroom that i thought "Mm, that's not a great vibe and then you also learn a lot about environment so um one time i was at an iep meeting and i happened to see the nurse's office And um, later, there was an issue about a child going to the nurse's office. And since I knew where the nurse's office was, I asked where the classroom was. And it turns out that they were really, really close to one another, just kind of catty corner. And what we realized was that the child was going to the nurse's office because it was kind of like he could see it and it was a great place to escape. So he would come up with a headache or with something like that in order to to get out of work, in order to escape um, some kind of task. And so we needed to start taking some data on when he was going to the nurse, what ailments he Um, complained of and that sort of thing so that we could really get to the heart of it. But if I didn't know that the nurse's office was something he would see and be like, oh, almost like squirrel, I'm going to the nurse's office, then we would have approached that differently. So just being there taught me that he was at the nurses, that he was close to the nurse's office. But we also learn about classroom routines in the environment we learn about how a classroom is set up you know i don't know if i've ever said on a podcast before but i walked into um jack's preschool classroom when i went to observe the first time and they said what do you think and i said well um you're gonna have to move your fish if you don't want it to die that lady is too loud and she will drive him absolutely bonkers and do you actually keep the scissors there Um, I don't remember what the third one was, but I rattled off three things, snap, 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 and said, um, this is what I'm noticing in the environment right now. The fish lived, Um, the teacher did kind of quiet down. She was aware when she was bothering Jack because I advocated for him. And um, I don't remember what the third thing was, so I'm sure that it was just fine. So we also, not only do we learn, about the environment but we also by being at school have an opportunity to teach the school about us to teach the school about ourselves as adults as parents as professionals as um skilled people and about our child about the way that we approach our child and about kind of our vibe as humans so you know how do we do that One way that I do it is I am extremely positive when I am at the school. I try so hard to be very positive because that is how I want to um, behave in my advocacy style. I want to be very, very collaborative and I want to celebrate. I didn't like when we started out in special education that we spent so much time talking about Jack's deficits and Jack's needs. I wanted to really celebrate what Jack could do. And so when I get to school, particularly when he was young, he would show me something. You know, I would go to volunteer and he would bring me something and Boy, would I ever make an appropriately big deal about it. Oh my gosh, look at your J. I love that J, Jack. You are doing such a great job. I think maybe next time you can write an A. And I would be very, very positive so that they saw that at our house, we celebrate the accomplishments and we also expect continued progress. And so I really kind of modeled this celebratory Thing And I do that in emails too. I really had to model it during our preschool experience which was not particularly positive in all ways. I also um, think you have an opportunity when you get to school to model what you know. And it might not just be what I know about special education because you might say, Ashley, I know nothing about what should happen in a school. But you might know about Um, something creative. You might know about something that's particular to your child. It might just be interpreting something that your child says if they have a speech delay. Um, But somehow, some way, you can use your strength in helping the school. So you can use your particular skill set to help the school. So whether or not it's teaching them about your child, your family, your interests, your yourself, your skills, all of that stuff happens kind of in the background. It happens ancillarily because you are at school. So it's not really even a motive. It's not really even something that you need to think about. It happens secondarily, simply because you are there, you are at school, And if you're a little bit conscious of it, it's going to happen. So it doesn't have to be um, obnoxious. (laughs) Um, And believe me, I did have um, one client that I talked to about this and it got really, really over the top, really, really quickly. And I had to rein this person in and say, I didn't mean go every day or go four days a week. Because that might start to drive the school crazy and they might start to institute rules saying you can't come um, at all. So how do we get into school? How do we get there? I actually had a question about this um, because I mentioned going to school in a recent podcast and somebody sent me a message and said, how do we get there? And I think there's lots of ways that we get there. The most obvious um, and probably the easiest is to volunteer anytime, any place, anytime they offer for you to volunteer, if your schedule allows it. And listen, I work full time. I obviously have two jobs. Um, I have other children. I have uh, my own interests. I have to exercise and all of those things. So I totally, totally get it. It is not easy but it is so important that I do think you should prioritize it. So this is something that I do and I knock other things off of my to-do list because I think it is that important and I really encourage you to try it and see how it goes for you. So how can you volunteer? Your PTO or PTA, of course, that's your Parent Teacher Association, might offer opportunities for you to volunteer. They probably do some kind of big school festival. You can work a booth there. They probably do, um, some kind of like science fair or art fair or writing fair there might be a wax museum or a science fair that you can um, work at you can do the book fair you can um, maybe go in and be a library volunteer or serve lunch oh my gosh do you learn a lot serving lunch my, I really, really, really do not like to serve lunch, and so my husband serves lunch, um, and he does it once a month. And he has learned so much about other parents because you stand there and you talk to other parents about the teachers because they request, you know, they come through the line or they have a special salad made or something. So he knows, you know, stuff about the teachers, and most importantly, about the kids. Serving lunch is huge so maybe you're serving lunch maybe you're working at a festival um something that the pto oftentimes has an opportunity for you to volunteer sometimes teachers will ask if you want to come work at centers if you want to come to their um, to the classroom to to help out and so particularly in lower grades they might offer for you to go in and, and work in the centers to run a center um, and you know to, to work with children or to even tutor children when i was in college i really wanted to work with kids and i didn't have the opportunity to do it otherwise and so i um, just reached out to the local school district and said, "Can I come in and tutor?" And of course they said yes. Um, and so you might reach out to the school and say, "I don't know if there's an upper grade or um, you know whatever, but I'm really good at math and I would love the opportunity to come in and tutor and share my skill set. and you learn stuff about that just by being inside the school. And there's a program that a lot of schools do called Junior Achievement, where they are looking for, um, I think normally they're looking for professionals, but um, I don't think you have to be active in the professional world to do JA, but basically what you do in JA is you go in and it's a prescribed um, uh, curriculum, and you simply teach the lesson that's in the curriculum. It's really easy and it's really fun. There is, normally an opportunity to go on field trips, to observe or to chaperone on field trips. And that is a really, really fun way to get to know the kids and also to show your leadership style and your personality to the other people on your IEP team. Believe me, they're looking at you the same way that you are looking at them. And then of course there's clubs you know there might be a school sponsored basketball league or cub scouts or something like that and so if you can sponsor or you can coach and you've got the time to do it that might be something that you can do after hours um that is a really really fun opportunity my husband and i Used to coach basketball together, and I never played basketball, um, but I have energy and I know basketball. Um, and let's face it, when it's kindergarten boys, you need somebody that understands um, behavior. <laughs> and so I was kind of the um, the the child corraler, and my husband was the technique teacher, and we were a pretty good team doing that. Now. As I told you, I have PTO, PTSD, and there's a long history with that, um, but um, that I'll spare you. But I totally get it if you don't wanna go to school. I totally get it if you can't go to school. Your school might have safety reasons or other reasons why parents are not allowed there. And so what do you do? Well, I'll tell you what I did. I reached out to my special education teacher, to my child's resource teacher, intervention specialist, whatever you call them at your school. And I said, I just realized that the PTO doesn't have a room mom for special education and I want to be your room mom. (laughs) So if you would like for me to cut out laminating, to make you crafts, to come up and help you change your bulletin boards, to um, do celebratory things for you, if you need for me to run to Target, to buy you something, tell me. I love to do that kind of stuff i personally ashley am a crafty person i like doing that kind of stuff my mom was a teacher and i honestly kind of miss cutting out laminating as ridiculous as that sounds um and and you know it's funny when you're a teacher you don't like it because it's part of your job but when you do it for somebody else it is fun um and so you know i reached out to jack's teacher and said how can i help and i offered a couple of suggestions here's my skill set and I do help, she doesn't ask me far often enough, but I do help her with that. And then when I exchange stuff with her, at least I can write her a little bit of a note and there's a little bit of our personality, a little bit of our family coming in and she gets to see a little bit more of us. By now she knows us because we've been with her since kindergarten, but um, you know, it doesn't hurt to continue to try and to continue to support other people in school and to really fulfill your part of the teamwork. So how often do you have to do this? Like I said, I had one parent that I had to be like, whoa, rain it back a little bit. I think as much as possible within reason. So if you're in school one day a week, that is a lot. But if you're in school, um, You know one day a week and it's because you are very active in the pto and because you're always doing something um functional and helpful then that is amazing and you're really learning a lot about the school by doing it um so i think you know kind of the concept of there is something too much really comes down to what are you doing (laughs) when you're in the school but i also don't think that there's ever Um, too little. You know, the only too little is probably nothing. So like I said, my husband works in the cafeteria once a month, and he learns so much by being in the cafeteria. Just going to school, maybe even quarterly, you know, once per quarter or once per trimester could really, really teach you a ton. And so what if I can't? You know, what if it just does not work out? You can probably learn a lot by talking to people that are able to get to school or people that are connected. Get some kind of eyes and ears in the school. Make friends. Go out and seek somebody that knows about the school so that you can ask questions so that you can learn about the vibe of the school and the vibe of the people just by Um, Simple conversation. So maybe that is the administrative staff. Um, The school secretary, that's the first lesson you learn in education is the school secretary and the custodian. They know everything about the inner workings of that school. But maybe it's your child's aide, maybe it's a bus monitor, maybe it's a teacher. Um, See how you can develop relationships so that there's somebody that um, you can talk to, not as a spy, (laughs) but somebody that you can talk to very honestly about kind of the vibe of the school. You know, you might be saying, well, um, gosh, which um, third grade teacher would be a great fit for my child? Second grade didn't go so well or something like that. And in doing that, you might say to somebody, you know, my child has this, this, and this, and I wonder about this particular fourth grade teacher, Um, you know, and have a very objective conversation instead of a gossipy kind of conversation. Sometimes there's an opportunity to send other people to school. So you might be able to send your babysitter, a grandparent, one of your siblings, something like that. oftentimes works, and so if there's that opportunity to go work in the kindergarten centers, see if a grandparent can do it instead of you because you're busy at work. I will say sometimes you need um, a background check in order to do that. Um, And then of course, volunteer to help the teacher when it is convenient for you, and in a way that makes sense for you and really allows you to be helpful and to shine. So I definitely recommend that you go to school, both in order to learn more about the school, which will help you in your advocacy, and also to teach the school a little bit more about you and a little bit more about your family. I hope that's helpful. I'll see you next time, same time, same place. I cannot wait to tell you about our affiliate program. The Special Education and Advocacy Lab opens for enrollment on July 15th, 2021. And not only have I slashed prices to make my online on-demand nuts and bolts training more accessible to parents, but I also am rolling out this affiliate program. If you have friends that are parents of children on IEPs, and if you want to learn more about special education advocacy yourself so that you're a more effective parent at your child's IEP team, I encourage you to check out the affiliate program. You can save money on your own registration or on any other product in my library by joining the affiliate program. Check out the link on my website for more information.